0: and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what? I was
1: g- I was going to play a soundbite. I thought I'd leave you a little wiggle room there in case you wanted to comment on Boston. Yeah, I just like this great song. And the only thing good good I like out of Boston is the group Boston. <laughs> Not even Aerosmith, they're from Boston too. No. No. Just, no I, I, I like the group Boston. Uh, lobster rolls it's kind of Boston Maine I do kind of like them I mean it's I mean it's not from Boston necessarily but it's from the New England area I mean that kind of counts for something right okay so the group Boston and lobster rolls are the only two things you'll tolerate from Boston I think that's about it. Okay, just want to make sure. I can't think of anything else? Matt Damon movies? No.
2: no ben Affleck movies? Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can watch them. It doesn't mean I have to like. You okay. Know, like, I did like the Born Identity. Uh, the Born movies were good. The Martian oh was God, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, hey, you know what? I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. I started watching Mitch's show the other day. What's Mitch's show? I don't even know. It's on Netflix. Oh,
1: The Last of Us, the zombie the Last apocalyptic. Us. Yeah, how yeah, is it? Is it's, it good? Good? Is it's good. It's good.
2: I'm only two two episodes in. I'm only two episodes in, um, but it's good. Like it's good. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's definitely got a little like Walking Dead type feel to it. All right, wouldn't you agree, Mitch? I would think so from someone yeah. who's never watched The Walking Dead before. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's 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 good. How many seasons are there? Is this just the first one? one? This, this is the first one. one. There okay. probably won't be another one, but you know, money can make a big difference, so we'll see. All right. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Are you already done with it? No, I've I've caught up like the next episode will be on Sunday. I think there's it's either. Why why are you saying it won't be another one then?
1: I just think they don't don't have plans to develop another one right now. I think
2: who who could create a TV show with no plans to develop a second one if it's popular. (laughs) Sometimes
1: these things are just one season. Sometimes they they spend so much money on them. It just depends. And they're
2: doing a lot of merging of like the first video game and the second video game into this one season. So who knows? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) you good now? Probably I, mean, I just I just wanted to say that I started to watch it. Well, no, we, and, and we, we we I
1: I need it's on my list. I know that it's it's definitely on the list. I just haven't started watching it yet. All right, let me play this little
2: thing here. Chris Paul on the drive, stops dotted line, feeds eight for the two hand jam time. He went up strong and threw it down with a little extra on that one. As CP three
1: set it up, his seventh assist of the night. Kevin Durant's debut last night, predictably successful. They beat a really bad Hornets team, one hundred five ninety one game has gone so far as to call the game boring last night. And you're not wrong. It was a it boring was. game. It was. It was boring. It was. But, it, but it, was, it was, I think, predictably so. Right? Like, we, the Hornets aren't very good. No. And this was... I was really more interested in the process than the results. Because I knew they were going to win. I just kind of wanted to see what it looked like and how they got there with this new piece in Kevin Durant. And one of the things, and I want to thank uh, Gerald Bourget for putting this stat in his game recap story today... I thought it was a a really good one. When Kevin Durant was on the floor, the Suns shot 53.5%. When Kevin Durant was off the floor, they shot 41.3%. That's
2: incredible. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that a very telling, interesting number, right? But it just goes to show you, like, you know, we we talk about, you know, other players getting wide-open shots. I mean, you know, when you've got to deal with – there was one play in a game last night where they doubled Chris Paul, and then Kevin Durant was, like, wide-open. Like, what are you – (laughs) Like, Like, who drew that up? Like, that guy should be fired. Like, you know, if that was the coach, like, I'm going to double Chris Paul and I'm going to leave Kevin Durant alone. Like, that was just dumb. And Durant was like, just shot the ball over somebody for a basket. That one baffled me. Um, But, yeah, you expect that there's going to be so much emphasis placed on, you know, defending Kevin Durant, which is why, you know, usually he's got a defender right on him. I mean, a lot of his baskets were were off of screens. A lot of his baskets were, you know, Jock Lando came and set a screen. DA came and set a screen. Just free him up a little bit, and he's got this, you know, un- this incredible ability to rise up and shoot the basketball. I oh, mean, yeah. I really enjoyed watching that. The the his ability to just rise up and shoot it because he's so tall and he's so long, and there's nobody who can block that shot when he does that. But um, yeah, I expect that, that guys will shoot the ball a lot better when he's on the court compared to when
1: he's off the court. No doubt about it. And you could you could see it with Devin Booker. He definitely opened things up for Booker. You could see it with uh, DeAndre Ayton. He definitely opened things up for DeAndre Ayton. I, I mean, there's a There's a reason, I don't know if that number will hold to that extreme the rest of the season. But when Kevin Durant's on the floor and even against the subpar opponent like Charlotte, it was really obvious watching last night that there's just too many things to contend with for the Phoenix suns, that if you're an opposing defense, it's just really difficult to kind of figure out who you're going to guard. You're going to give, you're going to be giving up open looks to really good basketball players. There was one wide open Devin Booker three pointer last night that was created kind of like what you were talking about with so much focus on Chris and Kevin and what they were going to do. Um, um, there were other things to notice from last night and the, the I I think uh, one of my big takeaways from last night's debut too was just how bad everybody else was
2: other than DeAndre Book and KD. Right. I mean they play if they would have played the Knicks they would have lost. Like probably. if they would have played a good basketball team they would have lost last night because those other guys did not play well and I'm a big believer that KD and Book can't carry them you know all the time. But let's start with Chris because I still, have the, I still believe that for them to win it all, Chris has to play well. Chris has to be one of the big three. Like, they need a third guy that's going to play well. I think, you know, Chris is not shooting the ball well right now. He was awful with his shot yesterday.
1: One for eights, I believe, from he missed all four of his three-point shots. He did have 11 assists, and he actually came into the game shooting about 38% from three. So he's, he, he certainly turned his numbers around. Remember how he started the season from deep? Boy, oh, he was just awful. Um, 37.5% is, is better. But yeah, he, he struggled. Let me ask you a question, though, about Chris. Is it, does it have to be Chris, or could it be DeAndre? Like if there needs no, I, think to- it's, I think
2: it's Chris. It's Chris, think, okay. Yeah, so like if think- there's
1: going to be a big three, does Chris have to be the
2: third, or can DeAndre be the third? I don't think that they could win the championship if Chris Paul plays subpar the whole time. Okay. Okay. Because he's the guy that has the ball in his hands the majority of the time. And so, like, you know, he turned the ball over three times yesterday. He was decent with the assist. I think he had, what, 11 last night? He had 11, yes. You know, against a bad Charlotte team with a bunch of young kids that don't even know how to defend yet. But his shot is just – it's awful. I mean, it's just hitting the front of the rim. It's clanking. I mean, he's just he, – his shot is bad right now. I don't – you know, because here's the thing. Like, if if, if Chris is not going to make shots – It it is going to allow defenses to kind of lay off of him a little bit. Look, what did Dallas do last year? They said, you know what? We're going to dare you to shoot the ball. We're going to take Dorian Finney-Smith and we're going to put him in the paint and we're going to have him help out with everybody. And when you catch the ball, we'll take it wide open. You want to shoot? There it is. We're going to give you the three every single time. And he was very reluctant to shoot it because he was struggling. And if that same thing happens this year, it allows other defenders to help out more on Book and, D- and Kevin Durant.
1: Yeah, I, I I do think, and this is stating the obvious, that the presence of Kevin Durant certainly changes that dynamic that we saw from the Dallas Mavericks series. I I don't... I, like, I think Chris has to be good. I don't think he has to be great. Uh, so I think for me there's a like there's a middle ground here. He has to be better than one for eight. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. He has to be better than three turnovers, which is kind of a high number for him than what we've come to expect. I'll, I'll give you that. But if, if you're telling me that he has to be great for them to win, I, I think they can accomplish what they want as long as somebody other than Durant and Booker are great. And the next likely candidate for that would be DeAndre Ayton. A- And I think he's going to be great with this arrangement. I think as long as he can adjust to things being different, because things are going to be different for him with this, I think he could be the third great player, and it might be good enough for Chris just to be good. I could be wrong, but I just feel like three of them have to be great, and it almost doesn't matter. The third part is kind of interchangeable at this point, but I know you don't
2: agree with that. No, I think it's I, I, I think it's Chris. I mean, D.A. is – because he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's very – you know – He's reliant on other people to get him the ball. Book did a good job last night getting him the ball. He had some good baskets. He's, you know, rebounding, and he had a good day rebounding the basketball last night. Not offensive rebounds, but defensive rebounds, which he's usually a lead at. But I just think for a guy that's, you know, for a guy that – you know, look, B- Paul struggles when they get up on him. Like when guys get up on him, like Alvarado did. That's not- Chris doesn't like that, right? What no, Alvarado did to him is he got 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 up on him, made things difficult, didn't give him the opportunity to be the floor general he is by you know, Chris likes when it's not a lot of pressure on him, when he can just, you know, survey the field, see what's every see what's happening, and then make his decisions. But when he's got to worry about somebody pestering him, then he's not able to really look up. He's just trying to get the ball a half. Across half court, not of a violation, and then it's harder for him to get to get the team into his offense. So I think it's important for him to be to be to be going right. Yeah,
1: and I, and I get all of that. I just think Durant's prowess as a ball handler and as an offensive initiator can kind of. I, I think a lot of times you're going to see Chris playing off the ball. You know, I think you're going to see Chris in more of a almost a. Not a two-guard necessarily, but not a pure number one either in terms of the ball handling because there are, you just added a guy who certainly can initiate an offensive set. I thought Josh Akogi... I thought he looked a little nervous early in that game. He missed a dunk, he missed a bunny layup. He he was missed he's he's the guy who needed to kind of justify why he was the fifth starter. I mean, defensively he still did his thing. I thought early in that game Okogi looked really uncomfortable offensively. Like he like like he knew he wasn't sure whether he belonged out there or not.
2: Yeah, and and he's like he's a real interesting Case because he was just never really given a, a lot of an opportunity. He never got a chance. He never got a long opportunity. You you wonder why was this guy discarded? Like we see him, like he's a pretty good player. Like he seems like a pretty good player. But John, you, you look at a Kogi and you say, man, why was he discarded? Why did why was he not wanted? And and the reality is he just didn't get a long. You could get certain opportunities, but if you don't get like long opportunities, it's very difficult to prove yourself. And all those years in Minnesota, I, I don't feel like he ever got, like, you know, great opportunities. He got some, but he, and, and when he did get opportunities, it just didn't take advantage of him. Now he's playing really, really well. But now, it, it, the playoffs are so different. When the pressure's on and every game matters, that's when you really, you know, you, you, you may you may say, okay, a Kogeek 's the guy right now, and then you get to the playoffs and if he struggles because of the pressure, you know, then you're better off with a tour Craig or somebody that's been there and done it and, and is comfortable in that atmosphere.
1: When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, yes, the Arizona Cardinals got some really poor marks on their NFL Players Association report card. And yes, Gambo and I are both very concerned about what that means for their ability to lure players here. But make no mistake, they weren't the only ones. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo show.
0: and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
1: Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. A little too mathematically inclined for Gambo, but that's okay. Here's the question courtesy Eric Ruby on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page
2: and Gambo need-to-know Twitter poll
1: update presented by Sanderson Ford. Basically, how much are Kevin Durant and Devin Booker going to average combined the rest of the season, right?
0: I feel like we can break this down in a way for Gambo to answer. (laughs) I feel like we can do this. At least humor, humor me, Gambo. How many points per game do you think Kevin Durant will average for the rest of the season? Just Kevin Durant.
2: I don't know. What's... Well, what's what's his what's his regular average? Twenty nine point seven. All right, so twenty nine go twenty nine point seven. And Devin Booker? What's his average? <laughs> twenty seven point something. I'll go twenty seven. <laughs> so you are going to go
0: about you are going to be in, in the fifty five to fifty nine combined points per game range. Well, yeah,
2: I mean, not, why, why, why should I deviate off of what they've done all year?
0: <laughs> because now they're playing with each other.
2: Right, so there's going to be more
1: scoring. Chris Paul's not going to shoot the ball as much now. No, he's definitely not going to do that, for sure. Put me down for 55-59-2, to please, Eric.
0: Yeah, so our options were combined points per game for the rest of the season for Durant and Booker, under 50, 50 50-54, 55-59, which Gambo falls in. And you as well, Bernsey? Yes. All right, well, that is our leader at 35.9%. It's a close one at 30.2%. They think combined 50 to 54 points per game. 27.5%, though, think they'll average over 60 points per game, just the two of them, for the rest of the season. Just the
1: two of us. (laughs) Are they from Boston?
2: No. No. I don't know who sings that song. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. We um, can make it if we try. We can do math just if we the try. Two yeah.
1: Of us. We can if we if we work hard, we can do math.
2: You and I. Uh,
1: that is the poll question. You can find it on the Burns in Gambo Twitter page. All right, we were we certainly were not trying to skate over it yesterday. We just had a short show and we were really talking a lot about Kevin Durant and a lot about Jalen Carter. Certainly, yesterday's National Football League's Players Association report card and how poorly the Arizona Cardinals did in that report card is of major concern to both of us. And I don't want anyone to misinterpret our you know we we just we it was an unusual day for us because we were a much shorter show and we just didn't have as much time to talk about it as much as we would have wanted to. The fact that the NFL Players Association basically graded every single team on the overall working conditions and the only team that graded out worse than the Cardinals were the Washington Commanders is of great concern because you want your organization to be the kind that's going to be appealing to free agents, that people are going to want to come play for, and people are going to want to think they're going to be taken care of. And if we're just being honest about it, some of the things that were revealed in this report, in particular about players being deducted money for food out of the cafeteria and the fact that the Cardinals are the only team to do this in the NFL is deeply concerning because it makes you worry that players are going to look at that and
2: go, yeah, I don't want to go play there. And, And that's what you don't want to have if you're the Cardinals. No, no. I mean, I I was really, you know, kind of surprised at that. Um, It was voted on by the players. Uh, So the players are basically saying the Cardinals have a lot of work to do with, you know, with families and and with food and with the weight room. It's very outdated. And, you know, I I, I did talk to a player who was just like, yeah, I I, I have my own chef make my food for me, you know. So um, they didn't get very high grades. And if I'm Michael Bidwell, I – you know, that that's out. That's public. I'm embarrassed by that. I'm going to be honest. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that that's out there, that we got such low grades by the players on so many different things. The only thing they got a good grade on, it's like, it's like a kid that's not very good in school, but he's good at gym and he gets an A in gym. I mean, that was the Cardinals. They're good in gym, but they're terrible at math and social studies and science and English. I mean, that was me. I mean, you know, that's what the Cardinals are. Hey, they got one really good grade. What was it in? p e yeah. <laughs> you know yeah that, that's what the that 's what the travel was they got a good grade in travel you know because michael's a pilot and he flies a plane and you know so their travel's good, but everything else was very subpar um and it's a wake-up call. Like, it's a wake-up call. Like, you, you know, you, you got to do better because, yeah, it, it may not – listen, in the end, players are going to go where the money is, okay? So if the Cardinals are offering one player $10 million and another player's or, another team's offering $7 million, that guy's not going to be like, you know what? The Cardinals got an F-minus on their facility, so I'm, I'm not going to go to them. No, he's going to go to the Cardinals. But if all things are being equal, mm-hmm. if all things are being equal – and the Cardinals have some built-in advantages like the weather sure. and the Dome Stadium, they there are some built-in advantages for them, but if all things are being equal between two teams, somebody might decide that hey, th- that's a better organization to play for. They take better care of their players.
1: Yeah, it, it is deeply concerning. It is, it is. You use the word embarrassing. It's, it's not a list that nobody wants to be on um, of all the different categories for them to get graded on. Eight total. They got five Fs, and that includes three F minuses. I didn't even know there was such a thing as an F minus. I thought there was just an F. I didn't think you could go any lower than that. They did get, you mentioned, the things they did score well in. Team travel was one. Uh, strength coaches, they got an A in, but a lot of them. And the food service one is the one that's getting the bulk of attention. The one that everyone's really focusing on is if the players want dinner, it will be boxed up for them. But reportedly, that's they're going to charge you via a payroll deduction. They are apparently the only NFL team that does this players reported that if you work out at the facility after the season is over, the team charges you for every meal eaten at the facility again, apparently the only team in the league that does this and if you're the only one that's doing it, then that's when you need to take a look in the mirror and figure out a way a better way of doing things now. I'm not bringing this up to make it to lessen anything about the Cardinals and the work that needs to be done. But somebody went with a fine-tooth comb through the entire report card for some of the teams. And some of these complaints are borderline funny, borderline ridiculous. And if you were fans of any of these teams, you might be embarrassed about them, too. The Commanders. Apparently, there are complaints of a lack of warm water and issues with poor drainage in the showers. Um, Washington lack of warm
2: water lack of warm water you can 't take a, a hot shower, <laughs> apparently not
1: and, and they don 't
2: drain very well either the showers don 't that guy 's going to get kicked out of that league though it's like he 's going to get kicked out of the league no question like, they want to do it so bad he 's got dirt on somebody so or a few different people I mean you think that 's why they haven 't done it yet, but eventually they 're going to get to the point where they 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 kick him out.
1: Washington also received the only f minus in travel um, commanders feel like they don 't have enough space on team flights the commanders Commanders are one of six teams in the NFL that make a segment of their players have roommates. Uh, So there's that. The Bengals do not provide vitamins, vitamins and supplements to their players. One of only two teams not to provide vitamins to players and the only team that doesn't provide supplements to players. So when they get guys to get busted for PEDs, I guess there's nobody to blame but themselves because they're not giving their guys
2: and anything. And that's the reason why. You know, you think most guys, oh, why wow, they, they could afford it themselves. They could pay for it themselves. No, you want to make sure that, that, that you're giving out the vitamins and the supplements because you know what's approved by the NFL and what's not.
1: The family room issue was a big one, both with the Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Apparently, both of those teams in the stadium or in the facility, there is nowhere warm and safe for mothers and kids to go during the game because the Bengals do not provide a family room. Players reported that their wives have sat on the public restroom floor to nurse their babies. Same okay, thing in Jacksonville. That's absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That is so unacceptable. Same thing in Jacksonville. Nursing on the floor is also something we've heard instances where players' wives nurse their babies on the floor of a public restroom. There's even rats in Jacksonville. Um, it's rats? Rats. Uh, players reported that for three to four weeks of the season, there was a rat infestation in the locker room and the laundry hampers. So I guess that's better than gators in Jackson. Uh, that's true, too. Would you rather have in your room, a gator or a rat? What was fascinating about this, okay, we're so focused on the Cardinals. Okay, the Chargers were third to last. The Super Bowl champions had the fourth worst grade. The Kansas City Chiefs had the fourth. Now, I, you know, so I don't I, – Obviously, everybody can improve, but you would think Super Bowl champs, multiple-time Super Bowl champs, they're always good. You would think they have it on easy street. I was genuinely surprised that a team so good that has won so many games would finish so low on such a list. I just assumed a correlation between performance and facilities and amenities and things like that. But that is really shocking. It is, isn't it? That the Kansas City Chiefs didn't grade very well. Yeah. 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 And the three teams that graded the best were the Vikings, the Dolphins, and the Raiders. Those were the teams that did the very best on this. So we'll see. It's got to lead to some changes for the organization. And and I, I do hope this is a wake-up call, because this is not the kind of publicity that anybody over there is going to want, and that's No, that's what I said. He, I, I,
2: he should be, like, Michael might be very embarrassed right now. Like, what we, you know, again, it's it, the, the grades are poor. They're really poor. I mean, that's a bad reflection you know, on Michael and the organization. And, you know, hopefully it's something that, and I would expect that he does. I mean, it's something that he'll have to address and, you know, just, you know, it's, you don't have to do it all at once either. Just start working on it. Start working on making those conditions a little bit better for everybody.
1: NASCAR returns to phoenix raceway march 10th through the 12th for the united rentals work united 500 fans can look forward to many new unique experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season at phoenix raceway for your chance to experience this go to the contest page arizonasports.com for your chance to win tickets speaking of grades and not particularly good grades did you see the grades the coyotes got for their big trade yesterday They're not getting a lot of good reviews. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show.
0: Burns and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Speaking
1: of grades. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, The athletic two NHL writers for the athletic when it comes to the Jacob Chickren trade. One gave the Coyotes a D, another gave the Coyotes a C, and then, and I didn't send this to you, this happened after Gambo and I exchanged emails, but I saw um, a whole slew of grades that were handed out that was kind of compiled by AZ Central. For the win, gave the Coyotes a D, the hockey writers gave the Coyotes a C, clutch points gave the Coyotes a D. Deflector.com, Defector.com, pardon me. Coyotes get shockingly low return in Chikrin trade. CBS Sports, disappointing return for Coyotes in Chikrin trade. This one has not gone over well when it comes to the national hockey media, has it?
2: No, and I think the reason why is because you, you really don't know what the pick's going to be. I mean, it really depends on whether the Sens make the playoffs or not. So it's, um, th- there's definitely there's, – th- there's a chance that that could be the sixth pick. And if it's the sixth pick, you know, Bill Armstrong's going to value that a lot more than he would value like two picks in the 20s, one this year and one next year. If he if – Everybody wanted them to get two first-round picks for a number-one defenseman, for a number-one D guy in Jacob Chikrin. Like, the Senators are thrilled. I mean, they just, you know, they, they feel like they can make the playoffs now. Now, if they make the playoffs, that, that pick's going to be worse. It's not going to be a pick in the, you know, top 14. You're probably talking about pick, you know, pick number 18 overall. It is top five protected, so if they don't make the playoffs and they win the lottery, then it, then it is top five protected. But if it landed at six or seven, that's why it's a gamble. It's a little bit of a gamble. Um, but I think what what, what what Bill probably, Bill Armstrong, he's done a great job. Um, it, he probably valued the chance that it could be the sixth pick more so than if he would have traded him to a team that was – he traded him to the Bruins. And now you are talking about having, like, you know, you, okay, you get the you get the Bruins' first round pick. Okay, where is that pick going to be? They got the best record in the NHL. You know what I am saying? Yeah. So I think you have to look at it from those terms. If you traded with, you know, Edmonton was another team that you could have that you could have traded with, and they're, you know, they're they're somewhere, you know, in the same vicinity as 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 Ottawa, where you know, somewhere in the same vicinity as, as Ottawa. So. Um, a little bit a little bit higher by ten points higher. So I think that you know you felt like with the Sens, I could take a little bit of a risk there because that pick could end up being a lot better. If I trade him to a good team, if I trade him to a good team, I'm gonna have one of the last picks in the first round. I'd rather take this chance, put a little protection on for them, and have the chance that if they don't get in the playoffs, I'm gonna have a much better pick. So if it ends up being the sixth or seventh pick, all of these people are gonna go back and they're gonna redo their grades and go, Okay, that's a good grade. You'll give them, I'll give them a B. You're not gonna get an A, but everybody thought that you were going to get two first-round picks. The the problem is, you know, pick number... Twenty nine and pick number thirty are not as good as pick number six or seven. If it ends up being six or seven, if it is right, it's if. So that's why it's really hard to judge it because you're not really sure
1: what this pick's going to end up being. And that and that okay. In reading all of this and trying to you know because I'll be the first to admit it, my my knowledge when it comes to all things NHL, it's not as extensive say as yours or some others who might be listening right now. So I try to to do as much homework as I can on this and see what other people are saying. And if I'm just kind of passing along the message here, it seems the general theme of these criticisms have been that, that basically Chikrin's been on the market for 18 months, for the for the better part of 18 months, you know, officially, unofficially, off the record, on the record, and that he might have he being Bill might have overplayed his hand a little bit on this one that, that he might have waited too long hoping that somebody was going to come in with just that absolute sweetheart deal and that by playing the waiting game eventually you were going to get that and instead by waiting almost too long some of the other teams turned their attention to somebody else and some of the other teams decided you know what on second thought too rich for our blood and then at that point you, you, if you waited much longer you were really going to start to see diminishing value in the return and so let's just make this deal now The the cutoff does seem to be two first round picks. And the fact that he only got one first round pick seems to be the thing that everybody's a little bothered by that. and The fact that he just might have waited a little too long to make a deal on this, that if he had done something a month ago, maybe he would have gotten a better deal. Yeah.
2: Now, if they make they'll you know again, if they make the playoffs, then you know then your pick's not going to be as good. But right now, I think the project you know uh, the pr- the projected pick is around thirteen. But you know you, you could do the lottery there, and you could look. They're going to have their pick, and their pick's going to be really good. It could end up being the number one pick. And the dream scenario is that the Coyotes land the number one pick, and then they get this number six pick. That's the dream scenario. I mean, they'll be they'll be very happy if they can do that. Um, but it really it really depends on whether the Sens can make the playoffs. Or not. If they if they do get in, you're probably talking about a pick somewhere around the 18 range. Plus, they got two seconds, and, and one of those seconds is going to be the Washington pick. So, you know that's um, you know that could be a that could be a decent pick for them. Washington is. You know, right now they have—they're uh, outside of the, the the wild card. They're not in the playoffs by a few points, so that could be end up being a decent second round pick. So two seconds, one first. Everybody wanted them to get two first, and the second they didn't get two first, everybody's like, "Oh, they did a terrible job." That's a terrible job. Um, but I think. I think the, the the downfall really is just man. If the, you just don't know where that pick's going to end up, uh, Ottawa's won three games in a row. They just got a number one defenseman. Some people think that that may propel them into the playoffs. They're only five points behind the playoff spot right now with Pittsburgh. Um, so you just keep your eye. I think as 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 a, as a fan of the Yotes, I think what you root for is you, you root for Ottawa to lose a lot of hockey games yeah, right absolutely. now. You root for them to lose. You don't want them to get in the playoffs. You want them to be in the lottery where there's a chance that that pick could end up being the sixth pick.
1: Coyotes have been incredibly active. In addition to Jacob Chikrin, um, Shane Gospisar has gone to the Hurricanes for a third-round pick. That came down yesterday. Today, Nick Bjorkstad got traded to the Edmonton Oilers for a third-round pick. There was another trade today. John Gillies, a goaltender in the system, got traded for a sixth-rounder to Columbus. So in kind of sorting through what's left, it seems like among the players that we thought could Could get moved. Schmaltz is still out there, and I know he got hurt. You know, with the with he took the puck to the face. And then the goaltending situation, and that's something we've talked to Bill Armstrong about a couple of times. You've got two decent ones. Would you look to move one at the deadline? I think if there's any other trades for the Coyotes to make, probably focus on those guys unless you're hearing something different.
2: Yeah, but I think Schmoltz is, you know, we had uh, Elliot Friedman on last week from Sportsnet, you know, one of the best at covering the NHL. He thinks Schmaltz could get traded. I don't. I just think that Schmaltz is in a position with his contract. They like, look, the old ownership, they didn't have any money. So, they put all the money in his contract on the back end and very little of it in the front end because they had no money. So, here's a guy that's starting to make seven, seven and a half, eight million dollars a year. I think that makes it very, very hard to trade for him because there's so much extra money on that contract these last couple of years. And so, that's why I think a team is going to be like, yeah, I mean, I like him, but not at eight million dollars. So, if anybody goes online and looks at the Schmaltz contract, you'll see it was really backloaded down the stretch these last few years. And, you know, so I, I think it makes Maybe somebody does it, but I think it, I think it's hard for somebody to trade for that salary. We'll see. And then the goaltenders, you're right, they've got two. They'd certainly be willing to trade one of them if they can, you know, get good value. And I think the reason why is they really believe in their system. They really believe in their ability to identify goalies, scout goalies, um, and then be able to go, you know, develop them with Corey Schwab as their goaltending coach. So if they did trade a goalie, I'm, I'm sure that they feel like they'll be able to find another one that's that's really solid. When we come back on this. Thursday, Kevin Durant made his debut. What new wrinkles
1: did we see with the Slim Reaper in the Phoenix lineup? We'll tell you our observations next on Burns and Gambo.